We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, welcome in. It's another Panther Rants podcast. Uh, Walt Harris here. <laughs> I'm sorry, Walt, Walt Harris. I, did, I, I was lazy this morning instead of Walt, but whatever. Anyways, it's Monday. We're back. Back of the grind. Unless you got different hours than I do. And currently I'm sitting behind bumper to bumper traffic. Which means somebody probably wrecked or there's either a stalled car or probably a whole bunch of stuff going on. As always. But, um, not much going on in the, you know, news front as far as pit goes. Well, actually, there's a whole bunch of it. But it's nothing too riveting right now. I mean, um, basketball, for instance, Pitt's obviously, you know, dealing with a lot of things. You know, Cable's not recruiting. And he's, you know, looking at the prospects, current and future. And also, he's dealing with players leaving still because Marcus Carr obviously is officially gone. But and I read an article this morning by Marcus Carr where he's got four schools prioritizing him. Two of the schools, actually three schools, are Big Ten. One is a uh, Big E school. So you have Ohio State. Michigan State. I'm sorry, my, I'm sorry, Michigan. I'm sorry, Ohio, Ohio, Michigan. I was distracted by what was supposed to be a crotch rocket revving, but instead it's just a guy in a uh, beat up. Is that a Mazda Miata? I don't know. It's beat up like hell, but it's got sounds like it's got some racing bonds on it. It's an old Mazda car. It looks like a freaking tin can. Somebody did something doing to make it sound like a hot rod. But yes, uh, cars got Ohio State, Michigan, Minnesota, and Marquette talking to him. And really, that's not a bad list. I mean, initially, we supposedly Villanova was talking to him, but watching him play, I'm not sure if he'd be a fit for, for, for Villanova. 
these schools here tend to make sense. But um, Marquette, you know, he he go play for Woj. So to me, I mean, I mean, a lot of people would probably look at this list and say probably he probably goes to Michigan or uh, Ohio State. But I think he probably ends up more. I think he'd go in. He'd go into Marquette. There's a good chance of uh, Marquette if I was if I was betting, you know, on, on his on his landing spot. I really don't think he'd go to Minnesota, unless there was some sort of reason why he you know he want he'd want to go there. But then, of course, in the case of Malik Ellison, who um, his situation is a lot. A lot different than the other guys. I mean, they're all got to sit out of here anyway. But Allison had the Allison transferred to Pitt and had to sit a year, and now with the coaching change, he's here from other schools, according to his dad. And I guess I'm not sure if he's listening or what he's doing, but obviously he's you know. He's considering not coming back either. And if he doesn't, he's going to sit out another year. So your college basketball career has yet to start, and you're transferring for a second for a second time in a row. I mean, he could play this year if he stayed at Pitt. He would play. I mean, is it because of loyalty to Kevin Stallings? I don't really totally think so in a lot of these cases. I'm sure they weren't, I mean, obviously they weren't happy with with the the change because they really liked Stallings, but when he had a long season as they did, when they were pretty much thrown to the wolves by no choice, I mean, they had no choice. The staff had no choice. These guys had to be thrown in the fire. And for a lot of them, they uh, you know, their their stock went up. So they're gonna be under under new coach. So do they want to stay at Pitt or do they want to go somewhere to a bigger program? And that's where we're at right now. But really, with Marcus Carr, I mean Michigan, Ohio State. Those are two bigger hoops programs in Pitt. You know, they've, they've played for national titles. Recently, they just haven't won any. They've been, they've been runners up. So, they have that going for them. You know, they can at least go to school that they know can compete for a national title. Would they see playing time, though, is another thing. But I could see, but if you look at the coaching styles, I mean, that car could probably fit in pretty well with uh, Bayline's, you know, with Bayline's style of play. But uh, really, that's the only notable that we have, we've heard anything from, you know, 
what schools are talking to. I know Parker Stewart left, and we haven't really heard about what he's to, he's talking to. And I'm, everyone says it's going to be Memphis because of his relationship previously with Penny Hardaway. You know, maybe Parker goes down south because maybe the the winter uh, got to him. You know, maybe because of the snow in, in April. I'm sure anybody, anybody, anybody would be pissed off at snow in April. Hell, if I still live in Pittsburgh, I'd be mad at snow in April. Because in Pittsburgh, the snow is pretty much supposed to stop sometime in March. That's when it's supposed to end. Then when April comes, you're not supposed to get any snow. If you do it, it's going to be a light drizzle. And a nice weather supposed to come by, but unfortunately, in this case, it didn't. Yeah, hopefully, it is now. I haven't looked at. I haven't really checked Pittsburgh weather in the Lord knows how long. But um, you know, these these players, they have a chance to you know go play for some somewhere better, where the situation is better. They're not part of a rebuilding process. I mean, it's I mean they're lost. I mean these these are still losses for Pitt. Because uh, basically, they need these players for next year. But if Cable can pull some, uh, you know, some really, really good players out of his ass, maybe that, maybe this isn't much of a loss. So, like anything else in the world, you wait and you, fig- you see how it ends up. Now, as far as pit, pit, you know, pit baseball, which is, you know, I, re- you know, I really, I hardly talk Olympic sports on here, but I was curious about Joe Giordano. You know, after all the firings that Heather Lake's been doing, all the house cleanings, I figured Joe Giordano's got to be sweating. But the amazing part of with, with Joe Giordano is over the, over this past week, they took a series against Miami, which is pretty big because Miami. Supposedly had a decent baseball program, and in the five years Pitt's been in the ACC, they've never qualified for the postseason tournament ever. And now he's got them in contention. They're third in the, they're third in their division, eighth overall in the ACC. So I thought maybe. He'd be sweating a bit because Heather maybe will be will be going for him next. But if he can get them in the postseason, you know, at least ACC tournament play, that's pretty big for them. That's big for the program. So it's like, do you get rid of Giordano or bring somebody else in to take him to the next level? Obviously, that'll be the next discussion she probably has. Me, I think you stick with Giordano because when they were leaving the Big East, they were um, they were doing pretty well. It's just the ECCs are a different monster, and I guess the, you know, the facilities have helped. But the 
the program actually the program has been making a lot of progress now this year and they've been pretty much under the radar and if you can get them you know in the post in the you know the ACC tournament play then you probably stick with him and give him at least another year or two to see what he does what he does else but if Heather has somebody up her sleeve then which she's been known to have and maybe maybe not So that's one thing to look after. I mean, because we've replaced a lot of coaches. We obviously know, you know we have a you know women's coach. Obviously, he's going to do pretty well for hoops, based on his resume. And much to to the uh, dislike of certain uh, people on social media. All right, so we wiped all that out. So not much else going on in terms of pit hoops, pit basketball. I could get into in depth of the uh, of what to expect next year for pit football, and it just really isn't worth it right now because there's not much to talk about. One thing, you know, one one area of issue, obviously, for pit. On the offense is going to be tied in because Chris Clark is not coming back, probably. But whatever it is, if it's personal, I hope it works out for him. But uh, I guess we'll shift our focus. Local sports, obviously. The Pens wiped out the Flyers without some sort of drama. And, you know, that's always been a rivalry, and crazy things happen in rivalries, whether whether it's a series or a game. And, you know, you know Philly does own the overall record in this, for, the, for the Penn's Flyers series, much to our dismay. But one thing I'm curious about with, with that series, you know, the Pens were bad for so long. For most of their history... You know, up until Mario came by. I wonder what the Penn's record against Philly is now from Mario on. Because I remember reading Steelers media guides and I would always look at the records the Steelers had overall against teams and their overall record against Cleveland was horrible. But but if, but when the, but when the uh, 70s came, their record against Cleveland just was really good. Although Cleveland was very competitive against Pittsburgh even even during the 70s. You know, 80s, they were pretty pretty even. Although the Cleveland went to, went to play us a bunch of times and Steers had some issues there. But I remember as a kid reading those media guides, Cleveland owned us in that series. Over in the overall series, but now, but now as the tides have turned, Pittsburgh owns that series by a big, by a bigger margin now. And you can factor in the seventies, and plus, not to mention nineteen ninety nine, where um, Cleveland came back as an expansion team, and they've been crappy ever since. You know, the Bengals own, I think, I think, uh, Bengals almost owned us 
in our series. That was during the Assassin years. They almost took the lead in the series, and Steelers prevailed in that as well. I think the few teams, one one team, the Pittsburgh overall has a losing, a really bad losing record against this Philly. But a lot of those games were it was from games in their back in the '30s and '40s and '50s when they were common opponents. Pirates are obviously still doing well, and I don't really watch much baseball except for the Astros. When I, you know, because I have to when I drive in and I have to hear sports talk, they're going to talk Astros. You know, the, you know, as far as NBA playoffs go, I watched the, the Cavaliers last night, and I'll be surprised. I mean, I'll be surprised if Cleveland gets out of this series, but they maybe not. Indiana tends to choke in the playoffs. And they choked last night's game away. As they just couldn't get any shots to, at the end. And of course you had your usual Lance Stevenson, LeBron James feud going on as, as always. It's like a WWE feud. And you know, one person in particular... Media person, it's been really been looking at this game, and it's obviously been Clay Travis because one, he hates LeBron, and he's been after LeBron for a, for a good while, and it all started what last year when um he um you know, there's an instance where I guess somebody spray painted some racial epithets on his uh, home in Brentwood, California. And supposedly, the, there was ne- there was never any evidence of it, and Clay went after him, and is still after him. I guess he would, he's still he's still monitoring that case, from what I've heard. Although it's but it's a year old now, and yeah, it's a it's it it was a it was a you could say. Could be a hate crime, but a lot of times with with vandalism, if there's no evidence, if there's no people, if they don't have any people, let alone suspects, it's just it's just like you know a theft case where you, you, know, you get your stuff stolen, and if there's no they don't know who did it or whatever, they're not really going to prioritize it. So it's the same thing in this case as well. But ever since then, he's been at you know he's been after LeBron, monitoring everything he does, he says, and uh, you know he's been obviously this whole barber shop thing where LeBron sued, where they guess they filed a suit against still Alabama over because they they did a similar thing. And I you know personally I thought it was a dumb move on LeBron's team to do that because. It's not. It was not. It's not the original idea. Everybody's done it. So, Saban pretty much told, nicely told LeBron to go up to, to pretty much to go f off, and that was that. And supposedly LeBron's getting sued for that barbershop idea, but from somebody else now, and. 
reason why he, one of the big reasons why now he's monitoring this whole series now is, or he's all into it, is because ESPN supposedly loves LeBron, loves LeBron. ESPN has a big major contract with, with the NBA. And one thing he's more, he's all concerned about or obsessed over is the ratings because he thinks the ratings are going to dip really bad once if, if Cleveland gets knocked out of the playoffs because he feels that they need LeBron to hide in the ratings of the, of the NBA playoffs. So he's eager to see if, if, if you know Cleveland gets knocked out, which you know I really don't think the the ratings will dip too much with NBA because even if they lose LeBron they still got Golden State people are going to still tune to watch them to see if they lose or not because you got people that hate Golden State you got people that love Golden State you still got the Rockets you know they're still you know, one of the top teams in the uh, in the league but uh, the thing about them is lately, they've been, lately, you know, James Harden, the, the playoff version of him, is bringing his ugly head, and you know, Le, you know LeBron, I guess, uh, supposedly Houston was a landing spot for LeBron, and Houston is very confident they can get him. But if they flame out again in this playoffs, I doubt he's going to be coming to Houston at all, or let alone consider him. I think if he stays. If he goes anywhere, he's gonna stay east because I would look. If I were him, I would really look at Philly right now. They have a really young, really good team, and I realize I didn't realize how good the, the 76ers were this year. I thought they were still rebuilding, but you know, I didn't realize they were a playoff team, but they're they're a damn good one. So, I mean, personally, if I'm gonna stay east, I'd probably go with this with the Sixers. And of course, you have the Raptors and all. There's, I mean, there's a whole bunch of good teams this year in the NBA. I mean, there's the, the product this year is a lot better than what it was before. Last year was bad because it was just freaking Rockets and Cavaliers. There was no clear cut. You know, there was no, there was pretty much no clear cut team. You know, other good teams out there. It was just those two, and that was it. And we had to sit and wait all all season for these two to get to, get to the finals and watch them play. This time around, it's different because we got better teams. Players moved around. The focuses have shifted. So you got good teams all around now. And the NBA product is always, you know, especially playoffs, is always going to be good. People are always going to watch because that's what we do. It's it's fantastic. So I don't think it's because of politics or anything like that. NFL politics didn't really kill the product. It's just bad football did. That's all that really is. And a lot of people say you know, the players kneeling hurt the product, and really it doesn't. I mean it's they're just, you know, especially a lot of the prime time games, there were some that just weren't good. And if the matchup isn't good, then people are just aren't going to watch it. I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, to me, I mean, I thought, I mean, in a more of a sitcom drama sense, I thought 
this year's and this past year in NFL was really good because it had so many storylines. I mean, it's like glorified wrestling. Every team had their own story type of storylines, feuds, and they were publicized. It was almost like a W. It was almost like turning on the WWE for all all day. But anyways, guys, I'll stop rambling about stuff. I'm glad guys got some pit talk in. Congrats to all you Pens fans out there. I, I would consider myself a Pens fan too, but I haven't. I don't live in a hockey town anymore, and I really don't watch much hockey anymore except for playoffs. And so I can't really consider myself part of Pens Nation because I'm just not. You know, I, I just doesn't feel right. Feel right to me at all. So. Congrats to you guys. You won another series. You're moving on. Three peats are very hard to come by. But still, at least your team didn't flame out in the first round. They're gonna keep they're, they're gonna keep going. And that's just part of the fun. So, anyways, guys. Hell in a pit. Talk to you later. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.